all praise, all honor, all glory, all praise, all praise.
uh, p.m. Again, we continue our study and focus on evangelism, and we are looking forward to your participation. As we have said in morning uh, Sunday school and other places and spaces, please make certain that you get together your frank list. That's your list of friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, and co-workers, and they added an E and an S, which is enemies and strangers, and that you put on at least at least five people that you are going to pray for, that God will show you how to witness and minister and evangelize them. I know some of you sit there and say, I don't know what to say, Pastor. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little tentative. That's why you pray. That's why you pray. Because I declare that God does answer prayer. Any witnesses in the building today? Any with any, anybody? Anybody knows? So don't worry about what to say. Moses didn't know what to say. But God gave him the words. And just as God gave him the words, God will give you the words as we seek to evangelize uh, in this year. Also want to make mention that on uh, the second Sunday of March, we are celebrating uh, the fourth anniversary of yours truly as senior pastor of this church. Uh, this is uh, a wonderful privilege, and I am certainly excited that Reverend Dr. Walter Baldrick will be the guest speaker that Sunday morning, who is a presiding um, district superintendent, rather, of the AME uh, Church, and he will be here to deliver the word. Well, uh, pastor Baldrick has is over many, many churches in the Chicago area, and he will be coming to Ebenezer to encourage us all. Amen? Amen. I'm also happy also to announce that on April 30th, we'll be having a uh, hymn sing here at Ebenezer at 4 p.m. Uh, we will be singing uh, along with other churches gathering here at Ebenezer to sing some of the newest and treasured hymns of the African-American churches. There are going to be hymns from Presbyterians, the AME, AME Zion, Church of God, Church of God in Christ, Souls of Baptist, uh, so, so many, many traditions who will be here converging on Ebenezer uh, to sing. And we have uh, the renowned Dr. Jimmy uh, James Abington, who is professor of music and history uh, at Emory University and a 1980 graduate of Morehouse College and a good friend who will be here on that Sunday morning. And he will be playing and he will be engaging with our choir. And Jimmy is an amazing, 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 gifted, talented, anointed man of God. And we are excited that he will be here. He's super excited to come to Ebenezer as well. Amen? Amen. Also, we want to make mention that the uh, election is coming up. I said the election is coming up. So right now, you make your plan on how you're going to go out and exercise. Exercise your right to vote. Amen? We don't sit on sidelines here at Ebenezer. We participate. Amen? We do not sit on the sidelines. And so we are excited that you will have an opportunity to make your preferences known for the uh, vote for the uh, election that's, com that's coming up real, real soon. At this time, uh, we will invite our young people to come as they will be leading us for Black during our Black History program. Come on, y'all, guys. Come on, let's celebrate them. 
Let's let them feel comfortable. Come on. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. That's the best y'all got for our young people. All right. I promise you, it works. It's on. Good morning. Welcome to our Black History Celebration.
I made history when I was appointed as the 30th president of Harvard University. I am the first black woman to hold this position in Harvard's nearly 400 years of history. My name is Claudine Gay. God for our young people, for Minister Derek Jefferson and Sister Nancy Wade. Oh, come on, y'all can do better than that. Amen. We know this is where it begins, right? Right? So we are excited and we thank uh, Minister Jefferson and Sister Nancy for their willingness to serve. We are welcoming to our congregation as we get ready to stand and welcome one another, Neil Schnitzer and Linda Bobrin. Both uh, Neil is from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and Linda Bobrin, Dolestown, Pennsylvania. They are visiting with us here at Ebenezer, and all of our visitors, we invite you to stand. 
and we invite our members, all of our members and friends who are in the building stand as we greet one another with Jesus' joy, as we welcome one another. If we didn't get your name, give it to one of the ushers, they will get it for me. Uh, but we want to welcome to this the Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. chance. If you did not get a chance to shake a hand or tap somebody on the shoulder, make sure you do that before you leave out today. Amen. Amen. Look, it is that time of the service uh, where we, uh, it's offering time, it's offering time, it's offering time. I do want to make one mention for Bible study. I know Pastor mentioned it already. For those of you who have not been able or have not taken the time to log in on Wednesday nights, 
you absolutely should log in on Wednesday nights to catch our Bible study. We're talking about evangelism. We're talking about reaching the unchurched. We're talking about going out and compelling those people who might not know the Lord or who might be disconnected from a church. We're trying to reach them. So this is an opportunity for you to learn just how to do that by sharing your story. Amen? Amen. Amen. But it's offering time. It's offering time. There are several ways you can give. Of course, you can give online at EbenezerBronzeville.org. EbenezerBronzeville.org. Real simple, real easy to do. Once you get to EbenezerBronzeville.org, you just hit the Give Now button. Hit the Give Now button. For those of you who have um, made a commitment for our Friends of Ebenezer Project, our Restoration Project, you know what your commitment is. We appreciate what you've done so far. Thank you. If you want to give via mobile or text to give, that number is 312-779-0146. Again, 312-779-0146. If you want to give by mail or drop your gift off in person, the address is 4501 South Vincennes Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60653. And last but not least, you can give via QuickPay or Zelle. That phone number is 773-960-9028. Again, 773-960-9028. If you're in person and want to give any one of those digital ways, just ask the usher for a card with all of that digital information on it. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you again just to say thank you. Lord God, we can thank you all day. But, God, we just want to thank you right now, God. We want to thank you for just being a good God. We want to thank you for being a gracious and a wonderful God. God, we ask that you would bless this offering, God. Bless both the gift and the giver. We ask that you would even increase this offering, God. You know what we stand in need of. You know the task before us. So we're asking right now, God, that you would do what you do, God, and multiply even 100-fold. We pray now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
for sharing. And uh, y'all did an amazing job. It takes some uh, takes a bit of fortitude to come up here. And I remember when I was a kid here and I had to do my Easter speech and I had to do Christmas speech, Thanksgiving speech, and uh, my Sunday school teachers and the people who were leading it, they would encourage me and they would correct me if I made an error or a mistake because they wouldn't want me to feel some kind of way. Because the way you show people that you love them is you let them know. Right? So, receive this in the spirit of love. That word Just want you to know that. I remember when I was a, a student in seminary, and I was an intern at the French at the uh, Friendship Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, where where uh, Reverend Dr. William B. Guy was the pastor. Y'all remember the name Guy. That Jasmine Guy's father, who also was a Morehouse man. He is a Morehouse man. And I was a brand new seminary student. And I was reading the text. And uh, Mr. King, it was this. You know, I I went to public school in Chicago, so I, I, I... I had a few deficits, right? And I was reading that text about the gnashing of teeth. Well, I said it, the gnashing of teeth. And I never will forget and always will appreciate William got pulled me aside and said, uh, young seminarian, that word is gnashing. The G is silent. And I never did forget. So I appreciate that. I appreciate all those who took the time to share so that I could grow. Anybody got any anybody in this room have folks that helped them along the way? Because you didn't know everything. Took the time out. To make certain that you look good and you said your speech is good, and, or should I say, well, I thank God for them. It's prayer time in the church, and we have a we have a we have a lot of people on our list. We're praying for Lindsey Mayfield. We're praying for Marguerite Jones. Praying for Doris Robinson. Praying for Deacon Chester Coleman and Lisa Willie Grant. We're praying for Alfred Moore, Kenneth Sexton, 
Alan, Mary, Bird, we're praying for Rob Martin, we're praying for Shirley Anderson, Mary Sumter, we're praying for Sarah Phillips, Mary Alexander, lifting up Reverend James Thompson, Albert Cheney, Bernetta Pearson, praying for Michael Jones Jr., we're praying for Deacon James Smith, Ernestine Rowe, Lily Turner, praying for Brenda Love and Laney Ams and Myrtle Gunn and Minnie Pegg, John Butts, we're praying. Praying for Tamara Bransaw and Carol Blevins and Sadie Turner, Leonard Tolbert, Johnny Clanton, Marlena Jackson. We're praying for Willie Wyndham, Charles and Brenda McLaughlin, Alabria Williams. We're praying. Praying for the family. Uh, Lolita Richard praying for her children praying that God will comfort them the loss of their mother praying for Mary Crosby Cosby Tara Reed the cousin of sister Evelyn Thomas who made her transition Every name didn't make the list today, but you know the name. And if you would like to stand and as, as you intercede for someone else, I invite you to do so at this time. I, I may not know the name, but you can rest assured God knows the name. God knows the names that are spoken and those that are yet unspoken. And if you're standing, you're signifying, you're being a witness saying that you know God to be a God that answers prayer. That God is able, even, even, even if you have to walk through the valley of the shadow, you are a witness that he has promised that he'll walk with you. That God will get you to the other side, the other side of grief, the other side of sorrow, the other side of, 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 of valley experience. God will get you to the other side. Let us go to God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we lift now, God, these thy people, the, the names that have been listed, oh God, those who are standing on behalf of others, God. We are asking right now, God, that you would see about each of them at their, at their point of need. God, if there's someone needs healing, God, heal in the name of Jesus. If, if there's someone that needs restoration, God, restore in the name of Jesus. If there's someone looking for a breakthrough, breakthrough in the name of Jesus. If there's someone, God, on the list that needs new employment, oh God, a new job in the name of Jesus, oh God. Whatever they stand in need of, oh God, have your way. God, we stand before you, not only asking God, but we also come before you to thank you, to, to thank you for another day's journey, to, to thank you, God, for allowing us to see a brand new day, because we recognize, oh God, that somebody went to sleep last night, but for whatever reason, they didn't wake up this morning, but God, you allowed our day 
to hold on a little longer. And, and we know God, it wasn't because we were so good. It, it wasn't because we were so right. But because of your grace and because of your mercy, you allowed us to see a brand new day. And for that, oh God, we say we know, God, some days, the days are hard, and sometimes the days are difficult, oh God. But, God, we know that as long as you walk with us, and as long as you talk with us, oh God, we know everything is going to be over. Because the prayer of the righteous avail is much. So, God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus. Have your way. Have your way, God, in this place. Have your way in all that we seek to do. Have your way, God, as we continue to work to evangelize, as we work to restore our edifice, as we work to restore our people, as we work, oh God, to Restore our place in this community, oh God. God, grant us your favor. Open doors for us, oh God. Doors that we don't even know are closed, God. But make our way smooth, oh God, as we listen to your voice and follow your guidance, oh God, for what you would have us to do. God, I thank you right now for these thy people. The beautiful people of Ebenezer, oh God, who have been a beacon light in this community for over 100 plus, 20 plus years. And God, as we continue to be living history, oh God, continue, oh God, to help us to make a difference in this community and beyond. And we'll be ever so careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory which belongs only to you. This is our prayer. This is our plea. In Jesus' name and for his sake, we pray. And all of God's prayers, people say, amen. You may be seated in his presence. Oh, 
You've got to give an account the judgment. You better mind. You better mind how you talk. You better mind what you're talking about. You've got to give an account at the judgment. You better mind. Oh, you better mind. Oh, you better mind. Mind, mind. You got to give an account at the judgment. You better mind. You better mind how you pray. You better mind what you're praying about. You got to give an account at the judgment. You better mind. Oh, you better mind. Oh, you better mind. Mind, mind. You got to give an account at the judgment. You better mind. You better mind how you shout. You better mind what you're shouting about. You got to give an account at the judgment. You better mind. Oh, you better mind. Oh, you better mind. Mind, mind. You've got to give an account at the judgment. church say amen. We thank Brother Jeffrey for that Negro, those two Negro spirituals. But I will say, now I know how the pips felt when Gladys left. Why fast? Because me and Jeff used to do that as a duet. You went there. I was about to ask that's you to come okay. on up. I was okay gonna, look, I was going to grab you, but I said, let me not bother you. That's I was okay about to, now. I'm not going to bother you. You got your head looking down. I'm, I'm not going to bother you. That's okay. But that's okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to stay in my lane today. <laughs> well, you, well we, we did that together. You better mind. You better mind, mind, mind. You gotta give an account at the judgment. You better mind. You better mind. You better mind, mind, mind. You gotta give an account at the judgment. You better mind. We'll stop. We'll stop. We'll stop. Just so y'all know, I was telling the truth. Come on. <laughs> You, you can look at the YouTube. We, okay. We're on there together. Amen. Now I feel better. I feel like preaching now. Okay. This is the last Sunday of Black History Month. And while we know our, our, our history cannot be limited to one month, particularly the shortest month, uh, we do give great emphasis to this because we recognize that we as a people have our lives to be proud of. And so this sermon is 
written in that vein. Joshua 6 and 5, read to you earlier by Minister King, says, And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with great joy. and The wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. I want to speak from the subject, in unity there is strength. In unity is there is strength. I certainly have learned this lesson um, these four years, as soon to be four years as the senior pastor here of Ebenezer. Because much of the things that we have done, we have done together. We have done together, and God has allowed us, has granted us favor because we have been unified. Because we recognize that some journeys through life are meant to be hard because they are teaching moments. They teach us, they teach us that we can get too big for our britches when we start to think that we can do everything on our own. Hard journeys are meant to teach us that in unity there is strength. Many can do what one cannot do. For well, the Bible tells us that when Joshua and the Israelites arrived at the gates of Jericho, they could not enter. The walls of the city were, were too steep for any one person to climb and too strong to be taken down with brute force. And so they sat, sat there for days, unable to pass on through. But God had a plan for his people. How many of you know that God has a plan? And he told them to stand together, march together around the city. And on the seventh day, he told them that when they heard the sound of the ram's horn, they should speak with one voice, unity. And at the chosen hour, when the horn sounded and a chorus, a chorus of voices cried out together, the mighty walls of Jericho came tumbling down. There are many lessons that we can learn from this passage, just as there are many lessons to take from leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Let me just go on record and say, y'all know Dr. King is one of my favorite preachers. Not only because he's an alpha man, not only because he went to Morehouse College, Morehouse. Not only because he, he was pastor at Ebenezer, Ebenezer. But he was an incredible gift from God. And when I think of lessons learned, my mind goes back to the very beginning of the civil rights era, before Memphis and the mountaintop, before the bridge in Selma and the march on Washington, before Birmingham and the beatings, before the fire hoses and the loss of those four precious little girls, before Dr. King's magnificent dream, my mind goes back to Dr. King, the young Baptist preacher who preached from this pulpit and the people who found themselves suffering under the yoke of oppression. It was the eve of the bus boycott in Montgomery. 
at a time when many were still doubtful about the possibilities of change, a time when those in the black community mistrusted themselves and at times mistrusted each other. It was then that Dr. King inspired with, with words, not of anger, but of an urgency that still speaks to us today. He said, unity is the great need of the hour. Because unity is how we shall overcome. Dr. King understood that if, if, if just one person chose to walk instead of ride the bus, those walls of oppression would continue to surround us. But if a few more walked, the foundation might start to shake. If a few more women were willing to do what Rosa Parks had done, maybe the cracks would start to show. If teenagers took freedom rides from the north to the south, maybe a few more bricks would come loose. If, if white folks marched because they had come to understand that their freedom too was at stake in the impending battle, the wall would begin to if enough Americans were awakened to the injustice of, to the injustice, if they joined together, North and South, rich and poor, Christian, Jew, Muslim, then perhaps that wall would come tumbling down and justice would flow like water, righteousness like a mighty stream. Ebenezer, I submit to you today that unity is still the great need of the hour. The great need of this hour. Not because it sounds pleasant or because it makes us feel good, but because it's the only way we can overcome the deficit of divisiveness that persists in our land. And I ain't talking about a budget deficit. I'm not talking about a trade deficit. I'm not talking about a deficit of unity, a deficit of harmony, a deficit of mutual compassion and concern for our fellow man. I'm talking about a moral deficit, an empathy deficit. It's an inability to see ourselves in one another and to understand that we are our brother's keeper. As Dr. King said, we are all tied together in a single garment of destiny. You see, we have an empathy deficit when, when, when our local taxes determine the quality of our children's education. We have an empathy deficit when CEOs are making more in 10 minutes than some workers make in 10 months. We have an empathy deficit when farmers are paid to destroy their crops while the homeless go hungry. And then, then, and then we have a moral deficit when there is a George Zimmerman justice for some and a Trayvon Martin justice for others. 
We, we have a moral deficit when some go to jail for what should be a misdemeanor while others get away with blatant acts of malfeasance like, well, lying on your taxes or stealing top secret information or perhaps even inciting an insurrection. We have a moral deficit when homeless veterans sleep on the streets of our cities. We, we have a moral deficit when we turn our young people into poorly paid sharecroppers can't even earn enough to pay their own rent or survive on their own. We have a moral deficit when it takes a terrible storm to reveal the hungry that God calls on us to feed. Yes, we have a deficit to close. There are walls that need to come down. There are barriers to justice and equality that must come down and to do this we know that unity is the great need of this hour but unfortunately we talk about unity in this country too many think sacrifice is too great we we, we don't want to broaden our minds and our hearts if it's going to cost us too much we don't mind walking in someone else's shoes for a mile or perhaps two as long as we can go home to our comfortable lives. We don't mind throwing a few dollars at a problem as long as we don't have to make it a habit. And to make matters worse, we have a political system in this country that seeks to drive us apart. We are told that those who differ from us on a few things are different from us on all things. That our problems are the fault of those who don't think like us or who look like us or who come from who don't come from where we do. You you know how we blame other folks and other community. It's it's the welfare queen who's taking our tax money, not the rich man who lies to the IRS about his property and prosperity. Sadly, even the church, there's a moral deficit. Believers condemn the non-believers as immoral, but yet won't try to evangelize. And then non-believers chide believers as intolerant. Many of us have been at the receiving end of man's inhumanity to man. We have seen the insidious role race and gender and ethnicity and age on, and on the job and in the schools. We have seen the impact these things have in our community. We have seen the impact in our health care system and especially in our criminal justice system. And yet, if we are honest, we must admit that none of our hands are entirely clean. I mean, really, if we were honest with ourselves, we'd acknowledge that our own community has not always been true to Dr. King's vision of a beloved community. We talk about 
our neighbors rather than reach out to embrace them. Y'all know that I teach in school and we, we give the teacher a hard time when we know we got some bad uh, children. That ain't what I really wanted to say. We, we, we complain, we complain when the church tries to increase its mission outreach. Every day, our personal politics fuel and exploit this kind of division among. We really do got some bad kids. I could stay right there. Woo. I got to move on because that could be a dissertation. But consider what, what, what would have happened to Joshua and his people if instead of being amiable to the idea of unity, they instead became hard-headed and hard-hearted. If instead of a unified response to God's plan, they had turned a deaf ear and headed back to the desert. We as Christians have a duty to be like Joshua. First, it's our duty to change hearts and minds. Not just ours, but others. The division, the stereotypes, the scapegoating, the ease with which we blame our plight on others, all of this distracts us from the common challenges we face. War and poverty, Injustice and inequality, we can no longer afford to build ourselves up by tearing someone else down. We can no longer afford to traffic in lies or fear or hate. For there is a poison we must purge from our daily politics before it is too late. If Dr. King could love his jailer, if he could call on the faithful who once sat where you do to forgive those who set dogs and fire hoses upon them, if he, like Jesus, could love his enemies, then surely we can look past what divides us in our time and bind up our wounds and erase the empathy deficit that exists in our heart. See, you gotta care. You gotta care. You gotta care that black men tremble when flashing lights come up behind us. Then we must demonstrate by our actions that we are all in when it comes to putting our shoulder to the wheel. It is not enough to bemoan the plight of poor children and remain unwilling to push our officials to provide the resources to fix our schools. It is not enough to decry the disparities of health care and yet allow insurance companies and drug companies to block much-needed reforms. It's not enough for us to blame the government for high inflation but refuse to curb our eccentric lifestyles to, to put the reins on our high demand, demands. As Christians, we may be like gentle doves, 
but we are also called to be as wise as serpents. The Bible says that we are judged not just by word, but by deed. And if we are to truly bring about the unity that is so crucial in our time, we must find it within ourselves, individually, corporately, as a church, to act on what we know. To understand that living up to this country's idea and its possibilities will require great effort and resources, sacrifices, stamina. They used to sing, ain't going to let nobody turn me around. Going to keep on walking. Some of y'all actually sung that song. Finally, we must realize what is at stake today. What's at stake is our humanity. But more than that, what is at stake is our young people. We won't survive if nuclear bombs become the way to solve disagreements. We don't and we won't survive if we put politicians in who just tell us what we want to hear, we don't survive. Ebenezer, if we're not willing to make sacrifices for our community. See, we don't need another kumbaya moment. We need a permanent kumbaya attitude. All of us must be willing to make some sacrifices. None of us can be exempt from this great responsibility if our walls are going to come down. It won't be without some good old-fashioned hard work. We will have to fight to fix our schools, but we will also have to challenge ourselves to be better parents. We will have to confront the biases in our criminal justice systems, but we will also have to acknowledge the deep-seated violence that still resides in our own communities. We will have to fight for a living wage, but we will also have to acknowledge the money we squander while trying to keep up with the Joneses. Joshua's army of Israelites could have stayed stuck at the gate. They could have been stuck at the gate of opportunity. Jericho was shut up tight. No one came out. No one could go in. The only way things were going to change would be when they learned to listen to God with a unified ear and respond to God with a unified voice. That is how. Ebenezer, we will bring about the change we seek. 
That is how Dr. King led this country through the wilderness of the civil rights era. He spoke not just to the children of slaves, but the children of slave owners. His words inspired not just black, but also white. Not just the Christian, but the Jew. Not just the southerner, but also the northerner. Dr. King led with words, but he also led with deeds. He led by example. He led by marching and going to jail and suffering threats and being away from his family. He led by taking a stand against the war, knowing full well that it would diminish his popularity. He led by challenging our economic, economic structures, understanding that it would cause discomfort. Dr. King understood that unity cannot be won on the cheap that we would have to earn it through great effort and determination. And by this example, the multitude followed. That is the kind of hard-earned unity we need today. We need to hear God's voice calling us to be a unified force against the sins of our generation. If we listen with a unified ear and respond with a unified voice, God will be with us. I don't think you heard me today. I said that God will be with us. He'll be with us in our battles and the walls will come down. We'll be able to fight for what seems like an impossibility because when God is for us, who can be against us? You see, it's not the big stories that give us hope for our future. Hope found in the little stories that happen in the lives of God's people every day. Stories that many of you may not have heard. Stories told by members of our own faith community, like Rosa McGee, who knew and knows what it's like to drink from a colored fountain. Stories like Vivian P who recognized that she had to act a certain different way when she went down to Alabama. Stories told by Beverly, who's older enough to remember the restrictions that were placed on black people. But stories that they tell are stories of victory. Victory of all those situations that tried to set them back. By itself, one single moment of victory over oppression may seem so small, but it's where we begin. And gather enough of those small victories together and you'll have a victory like a Senator Raphael Warnock, or a victory like Barack Obama. Because I declare it took those small stories to have these great victories. 
You see, that's when the walls start to crack and shake. They can shake in the schoolhouse. They can crack in the courthouse. They can shake in the state house, and they uh, can crack in the White House if we who are called to follow God would join together with a unified voice. We can bring those walls tumbling down. Our Jericho walls, they can finally come tumbling down. The walls that prevent peace will come tumbling down. The walls that prevent justice will come tumbling down. The walls that prevent opportunity for our young people will come tumbling down. The walls that prevent healing and harmony will come tumbling down. As Joshua marched with the army of the Israelites, we too must march. We have to march and not get weary. We must join our forces together and pursue the peace that passes all understanding. For we are in the army of the Lord. We know that it is God's will that we embrace unity because where there is unity, there is strength. The word of God for the people of God and all of God's people said, amen. At this time, we're going to open the doors of the church. Perhaps there is someone here that would like to give their life to the Lord. Perhaps there is someone here that is without a church home. We are extending an invitation to you to join with us here in Ebenezer. The doors of the church are open. Is there one today? Sometimes it's hard to fill the night from day. Still that hope that lies within is reassured As I keep my eye upon the distant shore I know you'll be the safety too That blessed place he has prepared But he Storms don't cease, and if the winds keep blowing in my life, my soul has been anchored in the Lord, in the Lord. My, 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 my soul's in anger, my soul's in anger, mm-hmm. the rivers may roll, the breakers may dash, I shall not sway, because he holds me fast, oh, darkness may clouds in the sky, no, it's all right, because Jesus is not my soul. My soul, 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 my soul,
benediction. Please, please keep in mind all the announcements that have been made. We'll see those of you on Wednesday for our Bible study. Uh, let's continue to uh, celebrate all the way to the last day. Amen. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling. To him who's able to present you for the Father who is exceedingly So they all want God to continue to Father and glory, now, henceforth, and forevermore, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Let us sing this together. We shall overcome.